The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, Telesouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of Telesouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. Thanks a lot for being with us today. Thanks a lot to all of our valued sponsors. Uh, couldn't do this show without them. Bubba, who's that in that chair right there? Well, I'm going to get to that, but uh-huh. I've got a, a, uh, a story to relay first. Oh, really? We're going to make him wait. Right? I'm going to make him wait. Okay. All right. So, um, at, as everybody's aware, we just hit the 20-year anniversary for 9-11. Mm. Um, sad all the way around, right? Yeah, everybody remembers where they were. Yeah, I mean, you remember the old people remember where they were when John F. Kennedy mm-hmm. died, and and Robert yeah. and Martin Luther King and Elvis. And in fact, <laughs> yeah. uh, my middle child Henry uh, asked me last week. Uh, he said, uh, and he had a school assignment to write mm-hmm. a, a little essay or whatever on where I was and what I was doing. During that time, so frame. he had to interview you. He had to interview me. Okay. Yep. So uh, we went through all that. Um, however, the the story that I want to relay is related to uh, to life insurance mm-hmm. and uh, a, a particular uh, life insurance agent who uh, had a lot of clients who uh, worked in the World Trade Center. Oh, boy. A number of them worked for a company called Cantor Fitzgerald, which is a big investment house, investment banking firm, that sort of thing. Right. Um, and uh, long and short of the story is is uh, he had to deliver about $30 million worth of death life insurance death benefits to heirs or beneficiaries of these life policies. Uh-huh. Man. Can you imagine how yeah. many how many funerals he went to? Well, and that that was part of the story about you know after I got done going to all these funerals, you know I spent you know the the first six months you know just dealing with death claims et cetera et cetera yeah. and getting payments out to folks yeah and you know one of the uh, the the things in the article that I read was uh, these individuals who received these death claims. Mm-hmm. They didn't ask one time, was this a term policy or was this a whole life policy? Was it a universal life policy? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. You no. know, I mean, no. They, they had no care in the world about that. They no. lost a loved one right. and the life insurance paid off. Right. And in an event like that, right? right. Um, and then you fast forward 20 something years right. and we've had COVID going around and everything else mm. uh, like that. So you never know what's going to get you. No, uh, and and as we went through last week, which was the anniversary of nine eleven, you see all of these people relating their story, mm-hmm. and many of them are saying, you know, I was supposed to be in that building that yeah. day. I had to stop and get coffees for everybody, yeah. and, and I, I was fifteen minutes yeah. late. This particular agent was supposed to be in that building that day. Really, he was. Yeah, yeah. and for whatever reason, I, I think uh, didn't didn't get there in time, or didn't mm-hmm. make it, or. Or whatever. I don't, I don't remember that from the article, but yeah, there's, there was a lady that wrote yeah. a short story mm-hmm. that said, "How donuts saved my life." Right. 
and she yeah. had stopped for donuts for everybody in the office. Mm-hmm. And next thing she knew, you know, she felt a rumble down the street and walked out, and the building she's mm-hmm. supposed to be working in is on fire. Right. Uh, so, you know, life and death can happen at any time. Mm-hmm. You got to be prepared, which leads us to who's in this third sh- chair sitting <laughs> yeah. here with us. This is Penn Majors with State Farm. He's our insurance uh, a- agent, and uh, he's also our insurance e- expert that we bring on from time to time. Welcome. Thanks, guys. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's always good to have Penn with us. And, you know, we talk about uh, some good things related to insurance sometimes. We talk about some of the depressing things related to insurance. But insurance is there because we got certain things in our lives that are risky. Absolutely. And with September being Life Insurance Awareness Month, it was a good time for me to come on and for us to have this discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, st- I looked up some statistics last night. LIMRA, which is basically this uh, uh, um, house that keeps up with lots and lots of information related to money and, and life insurance and all that stuff. They say that out of 100% of adults in America, 5% are overinsured. Okay? 10% of the people are wrongly insured. Mm-hmm. 20% of the people are correctly insured, and 70% of people out there are underinsured. Yes, either underinsured or not insured. Or uninsured, I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and, the, and the reason for that comes down to uh, basically two things. It's a, it's a subject that intimidates a lot of people. Mm. It's not a, a pleasant subject <laughs> to think about. Right. It, uh, a lot of people just choose not to think about it. Mm-hmm. And others are intimidated by the fact that they just don't really understand it or, or have a lot of questions and and either don't know who to ask or, or might be a little shy about bringing that topic up. Absolutely. So let's, uh, throughout the show today, and you're going to be here for the whole show, thank you very much. We're going we're gonna to take that apart. So let's talk about kind of the psychological side. You know, it is a very depressing mm-hmm. thing. Bubba's in a meeting with somebody the other day, and he's talking to them about their life insurance and their estate plan and stuff. And he brought up death benefit. The guy says, "Well, it's only a benefit if I die." <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, death and, uh, benefit. You know, you can use different terms, proceeds, whatever yeah, you may exactly. choose to you use. To. But the one thing we know for sure, we're going to die at yeah. some point. We we're just don't know when. Alive, right? That is correct. <laughs> right, and, and so. Well, Even unless, like, unless you're Elvis or Walt Disney, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people think neither of those mm-hmm. ever died. And if it is intimidating to me or it is uncomfortable to me, I still need to do it, right? Yeah, and, and don't be shy about going to an insurance professional, a financial planner, whoever it may be. And don't be afraid to walk in and just say, I don't know how this works. I don't. Uh, and, and I've got some questions, and I'd like to have a conversation that's why we're here. That's yeah. what we do. Yeah, and even if I don't want to bring the subject up, let alone all of the particulars of how to answer the question, I, I, I just put my head in the sand. Yes, yes, yes. And that's really uh, who you're putting in danger when you do that is the people you love the most. Mm-hmm. It's your family. It's your children. It's your spouse. It's whoever may be left behind. Mm-hmm. If something does happen to you unexpectedly mm-hmm. or expectedly at a later age. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, as we have talked earlier, uh, we talk about nine 11, we talk about COVID, we talk about, uh, circumstances of life. 
we really don't know when. No, that's the that's the uh, unanswered question we all have. Yeah, and so part of being prepared is making myself get over the psychological hurdle. And, and be willing to have that conversation. Ask questions that you're not comfortable with. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's calculations, there's formulas that people can use to help you determine an amount that, mm. that would be suitable for you, as you mentioned earlier, uh, do you have enough? Do you have too much? Do you have any? Mm-hmm. And and we can sit down with them and we can come up with a number and then we factor in their budget along with that and find a number that's going to work for them. Well, that's what we're going to do throughout the rest of the show. We're going to take a break. We're up against a break here at the Advisors Roundtable. When we come back, we're going to continue to talk with uh, Penn Majors at State. The Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you right here with our insurance expert, Penn Majors, today. And we're talking during Life Insurance Awareness Month about life insurance specifically. We may get to other types if we have time, but we have an entire hour here, right? So we can get deep in the weeds a little bit. How about that? There are four components to life insurance. First of all, there's the face amount, and we're going to get back to that and that calculation you talked about a minute ago about how to come up with that. There's the insurance type, um, there's the designation of beneficiaries, and then there's the underlying insurance company you've chosen to work with, okay? Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go to face amount. You said there's some some calculations to figure out how much life insurance I need? Yeah, and one of the most important is whether you're talking to uh, the husband or the wife or mother or father is uh, income replacement. Mm-hmm. Uh, the overwhelming majority of people are two income families. Mm-hmm. If one of those incomes were to just be gone one day, how would that affect your daily life? Yeah. So let's talk about that in a, on a practical basis related to the average person listening to this show. Let's say that the, uh, you know, Husband makes forty thousand dollars a year, and so is the wife. They got seventy-five, eighty thousand dollars a year coming in. One of them dies. That amount's cut in half in a split second, and that's one of the key numbers that you have to use based on the individual's age, uh, different factors. Do you have children? Do you have debt, mortgage, things like that? Mm-hmm. And how many years do we need to replace that income? And that's one of the key factors that we use to come up with that face amount which is uh, just the amount of insurance that, uh, that, that you have on that policy. Yeah, and so you've talked about two or three things that go into this calculation. First of all, do I have debt? Mm-hmm. Do I have income replacement? Do I have a mortgage? And uh, Another big one is, do you have children that you want to send to school? Education. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I've always did that by the D-I-M-E, dime. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Because if my if my spouse passes away or I sp- pass away, we're going to need every dime. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So because they nickel and dime me enough already. Yeah. <laughs> so D. Yeah. Um, debt. That's your debt. That's your mortgage. That's credit card debt. That's car payments. That's uh, that's basically everything in the world that you owe that you depend on that income that we're replacing to pay off. And so if. In my example, we've got a husband and wife here with a couple kids, and they're making seventy-five, eighty thousand dollars together. They come in and they talk to you. They say, "You know, we've got a hundred thousand dollar house. We've been paying on it a couple years. We still owe eighty-five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And if either of us pass away, we need to replace about forty grand worth of income." We've got that mortgage. We also have, you know, this other debt, a little credit card. I went to college, still paying on my college loans. We got one one car payment, and we want to send the kids to college. 
And we use all those factors to come up with that number. And that number gets large a lot sooner than most people realize. Well, by the time you start adding it together for this couple, uh, you know, we do the credit card debt and the, and the and the student loans. That could be what fifty or a hundred grand. Yeah, and if you owe, you got a thirty year mortgage, and you're only two years in. Uh, you know, you, you get, you've got to, you got twenty eight more years to pay on that mortgage, and with half of the income, mm. do you want your family to be able to continue to live in that home if something were to happen to you? Right, because you know, mom or dad have passed away. That's enough of a shock to the system. You're going to make a move, uh, exactly. And and as uncomfortable of a topic as it is for some people, it's one of the most important things that needs to be addressed. Yeah, and then that e education. We want to be, you know, because if dad had survived, he would have wanted us to go to at least junior college, if not on to senior college, and to be provided for there. And that ain't cheap. No. As someone, I have a junior in college and a senior in high school. I'm learning quickly. That, uh, <laughs> yeah. they, don't, they don't give those degrees away. They do not. And so, you know, you're talking 100 $200,000 there. So we've added this number up. You're looking at this man or woman and telling each one of them they're going to have to have, what, half a million dollars? At, at least. I mean, you, you think about that income replacement at $40,000 a year. You know, for just 10 years, you're at $400,000. <laughs> and for somebody who's 30 to 35 years old, 20 mm -hmm. years is a very realistic number to oh, need to replace that yes. income. Mm -hmm. It, it is. And so you, you look across the table and you say, sir, you need 500 and ma'am, you need $500,000. Do you think they came in the door thinking it'd be that big a number? Most times not. Uh, and a lot of that goes into the fact that it's, it's a topic that a lot of people just choose not to think about because no. it's not pleasant. Right. And, uh, but at the same time, it, it's worth that 30 minute conversation to take care of that, uh, come up with a quick solution that fits your budget, and then put it out of mind. Yeah. It's, it's one of the things that you don't have to worry about any longer. Yeah, and, you know, I put it off. I've been married 10 years, and I've been putting it off here, and I feel real healthy, and doggone it, $500,000 worth of life insurance. That guy down there at State Farm's trying to sell me, you know, and I've got enough uh, payments as it is. And next thing I know, I've talked myself out of this. That's right. And um, uh, you, we, what we hear a lot is, well, let me think about it, which means to me uh, sometimes, you know. No time soon, dude. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, there's an old joke. If you ever get in a conversation that you want to get out of, just try to sell them life insurance. You can get out of it pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm a life insurance salesman. They'll leave you alone, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I think, first of all, the numbers get big. Mm-hmm. We can get into the weeds, and we may in just a few minutes in the other segment, uh, because it can get complicated. Because we're going to talk about types in a minute uh, in the other segment. Uh, and as we said earlier, there's that psychological uh, barrier I've got to get over about talking about my death. Yeah, and one more thing that we could touch on in the next segment. I think a lot of people are of the mentality that they just can't afford it. Mm. And um, not saying that's never the case, but until you have that conversation, you just don't know. Right. And the conversation is free. 
<laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, do you recommend they come in together? The husband. Absolutely. And uh, you you have a much better conversation when you're able to speak to to, to both at the same time. Uh, you have access to more information. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can put some thought into it together. They don't have to go home and have one explain it to the other. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's very beneficial to have everybody in the room at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, husbands and wives think about things differently. They're different people. Absolutely. They uh, hear things differently. Mm-hmm. They've got different, because they're different people, they got different fears. Mm-hmm. They have different definitions of security. Mm-hmm. When you say this is a safety net, what does he sh- hear and right. what does she hear? Yeah. And, and a lot of times from the, the two different individuals, you'll, you'll have one addressing one side of need more and the other one hitting another side. Uh-huh. You might have one thinking income replacement and one looking at paying off debt or mm-hmm. education or mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Because we're all different people. We are different people. And this is not uh, you know, picking on any particular sex or gender here. It's just two different people you're talking to. and But they have the same... Concern, and mm-hmm. that is, what's the safety net for my family? Financial security. Um, and it helps you sleep at night? Yes. Um, and it's not that expensive. It's not. It's not, and I think that's a very common misconception. And, again, you just don't know until you have that conversation. Get a hard number, and then if you determine it's too expensive and it's not worth it to you, so be it. So you've been doing this how many years? 11 years. All right. So you've been doing this 11 years. Of all the people you've had life insurance conversations with, what would you say the average age is when they walk in? Are they in their 20s, 30s, 40s? The most, I'd say overall, the tw- the 20s, they don't think they need it. They don't want to talk. They, you know, they're young. They're not, they're not too tall, worried about it. Right. What's, uh, I would say the saddest part of it is, of course, when we get older, it gets mm. a lot more expensive. Mm. And as people get older, they start to realize, wow, I haven't done this yet. Mm. I need to do this. Mm. And it might be due to health issues. It might be more expensive because of that. It mm. might be more expensive because of age. Mm. And a lot of t- it's never too late. Mm. But a lot of times you find people want to address it at a point where it would have been much better to do it at an earlier So age. let's say Bob and his wife come walking in. They're 40 years old, and they're talking to you about life insurance. And you say, Bubba, you need a million dollars worth of life insurance. And he starts saying, well, you know, by the time you put it on paper here and you tell me about income replacement, mortgage, and education, and debt, and all that stuff. Yeah, you're right, Pan. So run me a quote. Mm-hmm. And you run the quote. And oh, by the way, while you're talking to them, you say, how's your edu- how's your health? Mm-hmm. And Bubba says, you know, it was great until about two years ago, and I got diagnosed with diabetes. Yes, and, and, and that can cause... Uh, one of two things, uh, depending on the severity of your condition, you may find yourself in a position where you can't buy it, <laughs> depending on uh, what you've been diagnosed with. And then best case scenario, it's going to be considerably more expensive than it would have been otherwise. In the back of Penn's mind, Penn Majors is thinking, boy, if Bubba had come in here two years ago. Exactly. Before that diagnosis. Mm-hmm. 
If mm-hmm. I'd have seen him when he was 35, 36, 37, 38 years old. Yes, yes, yes. Because we could have gotten it before the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And and what you're doing when you address it a little bit earlier, you're guaranteeing your insurability. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've already been been approved at, at this given level of uh, by underwriting. And, and again, it goes back to a lot of people. I have them come in and say, well, I've been diagnosed with diabetes mm-hmm. or I've had a heart attack or mm-hmm. I've just found out I've had cancer. Mm-hmm. And that's when they yeah. kind of enc- are encouraged to think about it. <laughs> it becomes real. And not to say that it's too late, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, you're at a severe disadvantage when you wait that long to address it. Especially when it comes to making that premium payment. Exactly. Now, we're going to go to break again here at the Advisors Roundtable as we talk to Pan Majors with State Farm. And when we come back, we're going to get deep in the woods and talk about, okay, we know how much we need. What kind do we need here at the Advisors Roundtable? Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners, Cooley and Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. Today we're uh, in the midst of Life Insurance Awareness Month, and we're having that discussion with Penn Majors with State Farm. Penn, we talked in the first two segments uh, about getting over the psychological hurdle of talking about this. And then once you talk about it, you try to determine what face amount you need based on your debt and your income replacement and your mortgage and your education, all those sorts of things. So now you're having this this conversation with this proverbial couple we've created, $75,000, $80,000 worth of income, couple kids, uh, they're in their 30s or 40s. They say, okay, yeah, you're right, Penn. I need at least half a million dollars on each of us. Now you go to this next step and you talk about what kind. Exactly. And that is one of the uh, really, really important components mm. there. And uh, the, the two major types are basically it's term, which is just what it sounds like. It's a contract between you and the insurance company that says for whatever period of time you select, anywhere from five to 30 years is a very common range. There are others. Okay. But that's a contract that says you're going to pay your premium. That's your part. Mm-hmm. And if something happens to you during that term, the insurance company is going to pay you that face, your beneficiary, that face amount of that policy. Okay. All right. So determining how long the term is. The biggest factor there is your age. Some other things, maybe how much time do you have left on your mortgage Mm -hmm. and how old are your children or the the major components to that. So with this uh, proverbial couple that we've created here, uh, you know, they uh, let's say mid to late 30s. Mid to late 30s, you know, they're going to need probably a 30-year policy based on their mortgage, how much they have left on it, how old their children are, Mm -hmm. how long they think their children maybe need to be educated. You know, Mm -hmm. are we talking about just junior college, college, postgraduate, things Mm -hmm. like that? Mm -hmm. All right. So 25, 30 years. That's a long time, but it comes by faster than you would think. (laughs) Don't I know it. Yeah, and so, you know, the other day, uh, last month, my wife and I had our 35th wedding anniversary, you know, and we pull out those pictures, or our kids pull out the pictures from that wedding. I think the last time we looked at them was a year earlier. They do it every year, and, you know, I had hair back then. (laughs) We all looked a little different (laughs) back then. We did, but it seems like yesterday. It does. I mean, I can hear the guys singing Ave Maria, and you know, and see her in that dress, and, 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 and her dad. 
had there and his cowboy boots, all of that. But that was 35 years ago. Yeah, and uh, something my mother always told me is the older you get, time goes by faster. Mm-hmm. And I think that was an accurate statement. It is. You get busy. You got a lot of responsibilities. And the next thing, the kids, you know, they're teenagers and then they're in college and then they're gone. Then you, they're gone. And you're holding grandchildren. That's so, right. 25, 30-year term for somebody in their mid-30s in decent health. Mm-hmm. Give me an idea of how much term is going to cost these. On people. the $500,000 yeah, amount? Yeah. Uh, and again, this is based on the individual, on their health. But mm-hmm. it, it's it's the term insurance is so ex- inexpensive. I mean, you're looking at probably $25 to $30 a month on a healthy really? individual. That's a pizza, Bubba. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, that's about a quarter of a cell phone bill. <laughs> yeah. uh, Is it ever? And 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 again, uh, set it up on a monthly draft. Mm. Just let it come out every month. You'll likely never miss it. Mm-hmm. And 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 you can you can put your head on your pillow at night and, and sleep well, knowing that your family's going to be taken care of if something were to happen to you. All right. So I think I, the automatic draft is important. Oh, it is ever. You know, a lot of times you get those bills in the mail and, and yep. you know, what if it doesn't come in the mail? What if uh, you, you miss it Yep. and then you don't pay it and then mm-hmm. it goes another month and mm-hmm. you don't pay it? And, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, oh, wait a minute, now I'm not insured yeah. anymore and because I didn't pay. Especially the younger 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. With the junk mail combined with all of the electronic communication, mm-hmm. a lot of people these days aren't opening their mail. Uh-huh. And when you get that lapse notice in the mail that says, hey, you forgot to pay it, and you don't see that and address it, once that policy lapses, it's gone if it's not in that reinstatement window. Uh, So then you're subject to underwriting again. Uh, You may be older at that point and pay an increased premium based on your new age. mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, set it up on that draft. Let it come out every month and just... Won't even miss it. Yeah, and and when it's that much, as I said, it's a pizza. Mm-hmm. It's a quarter of a cell phone bill. Um, and for somebody in this example, you know, they're making seventy five, eighty thousand dollars a year. As you said, they're probably not going to even feel it, right? Mm-hmm. And know that it came out. Yeah, I know. You know, once you go through your 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 electric bill, your gas bill, your mortgage, and everything, that little twenty five dollars isn't going to affect your your monthly spending. Yeah. So I go back to the other conversation we had a minute ago when we were talking about Bubba and his wife walking in at age forty, and he, in our example, had been diagnosed with diabetes. Let's say it's just type two. Yeah, and uh, you may go from paying uh, based on height, weight, some mm-hmm. other factors. That $25 may jump to $75. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you think, well, $75 a month, that's less than my cell phone bill. Well, you multiply that times 12 months, mm-hmm. times 20 or 30 years, mm-hmm. it's a substantial amount. It is. And if he had come in five years earlier, mm-hmm. it would be a third the cost. And as we mentioned earlier, as I've seen in the past, it took getting that diagnosis to get him to think about coming in and having <laughs> yeah. that conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because you were probably seeing him at Sunday school 10 years ago trying to talk him into this, it's right? That, it's a, at that point, a lot of people choose to address their mortality once they find out they have a serious medical <laughs> condition. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, because it becomes real then. Exactly. Right? So we've talked about term insurance. You said I, there are two different I find companies. that uh, layering insurance is usually a good strategy. Right, let's talk about that strategy. So, you know, life happens and life changes, mm-hmm. right? And it, it could have been 10 years ago I might have had one child and and – and needed a certain amount of life insurance. Mm-hmm. And over that 10-year period, maybe I've had more children. Mm-hmm. Maybe I've taken on more debt. Maybe I've had something else happen. Mm-hmm. So just because I've got one policy doesn't mean I can't have multiple policies. Right. And that's very, very common. Yeah. Somebody will have, when they were 25 and they were very financially responsible and they came in and got a $100,000 policy. Mm-hmm. And maybe he was a newlywed. Mm-hmm. And then, as Bubba mentioned, down the road, he's got a mortgage. He's bought a house. They've had two kids. Uh, that need is not in stone. It, it, it's very fluid. And it's something that, along with not only having that initial conversation, we highly encourage people to come in once a year. Yeah, Just, you know, yeah. come sit by, sit down for 20 minutes. Yeah. We'll visit for five, and we'll look over all your policies for 15, and we'll we'll let you get out of here. Yeah. And, and when you do that, that— Hundred thousand that he got ten years ago, that was a thirty year policy, is still good for twenty more years. And And that's a hundred thousand. But you said he needs five hundred now. Right. So maybe now he only needs to buy four. Correct. And we're gonna keep that hundred thousand in place because it's probably costing him about twelve dollars a month (laughs) at that point, Uh being that young. Mm. And then we'll put another policy on top that'll be another twenty years to where they they cover the same term, or maybe Mm. he needs a little longer Mm. and uh, we Mm. can always uh, address that at any time. Here's another thing. Let's say you hit the lottery in the meantime, or grandma dies and you didn't know she was that rich. Yeah. And you got money and you think, you know what? I don't need so much life insurance now. I'm almost self-insured. I got a big account down there at Bubba's. Yeah. Or, and, uh, or do you? Uh, <laughs> you know, if you hit the lottery, you may have an estate tax issue. Uh, and a lot of people, it's almost like the, the the new kids out of college coming into Bubba and saying, you know, I'm making $100,000 a year. Bubba's like, no, you're not. Oh, yeah, they, they told me when they hired me the other day. Yeah, but you're single, and by the time we do taxes and benefits out of there, you're only making 68. Right. right. And, and and so some, when they say they hit a million-dollar lottery, you ain't bringing a million home. But no. It, it, and uh, not to get too far off on the lottery, mm-hmm. but it, it's amazing how many lottery winners end up broke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you've got, depending on uh, how responsible you are, just because you've got a whole bunch of money today doesn't mean you're going to have it tomorrow. Yeah. And I it, tell people if I won the lottery, I'd spend it all on wine and women. The rest of it, I'd just blow. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Kimberly? Uh-huh. <laughs> I hope she's listening, right? But sometimes people have those life events come along. Sometimes they are responsible, sometimes they're not. Sometimes there is an inheritance, sometimes they, they have a patent, or they do hit the lottery, or they've gotten a bunch of uh, uh, increases at work. They feel like they don't need as much life insurance. Um, before you just quit paying the premium... Mm-hmm. Come in and let's have that conversation. Yes. Uh, and... You don't know how, a lot of times, just because you start making a lot more money, mm. people tend to buy more stuff. Ooh. They tend to acquire some debt, mm. some things that aren't fluid. Mm. You know, I come into some money and I go out here and buy a farm somewhere. Mm. Well, if I need some money tomorrow, I can't sell that farm in a day, yeah, yeah. you know, if something were to happen to me. Mm. So mm-hmm. there, there's a conversation that needs to be had for everybody. Yeah. 
you may not have that need once we have that conversation. Right. But it's a conversation that needs to be had. I, I agree completely. And I love the point you made about having a yearly conversation about this. Just doing a review. Just an annual review. Just stop by, say, hey, hadn't been here in a year. I'd like to take a look at my policies. Mm-hmm. Maybe I've got some questions about some other needs I may have. There you go. It's yeah. well worth knocking out 15 or 20 minutes. It doesn't take very long. Right. And by the time, you know, uh, Bubba says he wants to see you on an annual basis there, Phil. And if Penn wants to see you on an annual basis, and your doctor wants to see you on an annual and you, you know, your preacher would like to see you at church every night, <laughs> we've got your calendar full, right? That's, that's right. But as a responsible person, we ought to do it. Yes. You know, as a, as a mother, as a father, as, uh, you know, anybody that's got any financial responsibilities, it's just... Uh, I hate to say it, it's just part of being a grown-up. Uh, yeah, and I, I tell you, you know, this adulting sometimes can be work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. But what what else would you do? You wouldn't want to not be an adult. You wouldn't want to not experience a career. You wouldn't want to not get your, uh, your education or buy a home. And all that requires maintenance. Absolutely. Absolutely. And part of the maintenance of being an adult is talking about life insurance. Now, we've only talked about term. We're up against another break, and after this break, we're going to come back and talk about the other type of life insurance. And also, who do you need to leave this to? Here from the Advisors Roundtable on Supertalk. Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here with Ben Penn Majors with State Farm. We've been talking in the middle of Life Insurance Awareness Month about life insurance, our need for life insurance, how to calculate how much you need, what kind to have. Now, we talked about term life insurance. It's just a contract for a specific term where you pay the premium and they would possibly pay the death benefit or would pay the death benefit if you die, and hopefully they don't have to. Hopefully I live past the term, right? That's the goal. And, you know, a lot of times I'll hear from people as an argument, well, what if I don't die? Well, my response is, well, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and there's a reason why this insurance was so cheap mm. is the actuarial tables say that chances are, unless you're in an accident or develop a very rare medical condition, you're probably not going to. Within the next five to 30 years, the average 30-year-old ain't going to die. That's right. That's right. But again, for uh, for a very minimal cost, it's something that you can take care of the in, just in case. What if I wanted to pay a little extra on this term policy so I got some of my money back? Uh, well, that is a product that we offer. Uh, it's it a is, return of premium? It is thing? a return of premium. And the amazing thing is... It is considerably more expensive. It's probably a little more than twice as much. Okay. But at the end of the term, you get every penny back you have paid into it. So if you're one of those people who says, I ain't going to do something if there's nothing to show for it, mm-hmm. then there may be an option for you. Absolutely. And, and again, it's not a percentage of what you have paid in. It is every penny you have paid in. At the end of that contract period, you will receive a check for the total of so every... So, do the math but, over there. But now, if you cancel the, the policy early... Uh. If you, depending on the original contract term, there are percentages if you cancel early. You so get in, some of it back. Correct. Right. In order to get all of it back, you would need to... Continue uh, paying for the 20 or 30 years the entire term of the contract. So, Bubba, do the math over there. $25 a month for 360 months, because he's going to sell you... A 
a 30-year term policy mm-hmm. for $25 a month if you're about 35 and you got good. $9,000. So you're going to get a nine or $10,000 check? Well, in that case, you would have paid $9,000 mm-hmm. for the term mm-hmm. that you got nothing back. Right. But do 360 times about $60 a month uh, you're paying in. $21,600. You would receive a check for $21,600 at the end of it, and then you've, you've taken care of that. And for people that can justify that in their budget, mm-hmm. you've gotten term life insurance for free. Hey. Yeah. Because you get all the money back. And the in, the in the meantime, if I pass away, my wife can pay off the mortgage. She can replace my income. She can send the kids to school. Absolutely. Yeah. She'd receive the full face amount of the policy. And hopefully at the end of 30 years, those scoundrels are out of school. <laughs> That's the plan. That's the plan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and hopefully we've paid off that mortgage. Correct. And paid off the credit card and the college loans. Mm-hmm. Right. And maybe we've saved some, so if I do pass away now, she can replace some of my income. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that goes back to that annual conversation. Your life is different every year mm-hmm. from the one to the next. Right. Your financial situation has changed, whether you really think about it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, your needs have changed, and that's why it's important to have that annual conversation. All right. So if I say, you know what, uh, Pan, I got a couple of special situations here. I'm going to need life insurance more than 30 years. Mm-hmm. One of my children is a special needs child. Absolutely. And that's not going to go away. Mm-hmm. And if I pass away, I buy a 15-year term, and I pass away in 16 years, what's going to happen to him or her? Yeah, and, and, and truth be told, the as we mentioned earlier, the, the vast majority of people are going to outlive their term insurance. Okay. That, that's just part of the way the product works. Well, as we said a minute ago, it's kind of my plan. I want my mortgage gone. I want my debt gone. I want my kids educated. And I don't think in the perfect world, I'm going to need life insurance longer than the 20 or 25, 30 years. Right. But what if I do? There are some circumstances where I do. There are. And uh, the other side of the term, the other side of that coin is permanent insurance, whether it be whole life or universal. Okay. And again, we mentioned that term contract between you and the insurance company. Mm-hmm. The whole life policy is going to be considerably more expensive than the term life. Okay. Uh, but again, is you'll never outlive it. If you, if you live to be 99 years old, or it's impossible to outlive as long as you pay the premium. So there are three or four legitimate reasons people ought to think permanent insurance. They have a special needs situation. They think they're going to have an estate tax situation. They own a business mm-hmm. that they want to continue to, to thrive. And, and again, we go back to everybody's situation is unique. Uh, I never want to make the assumption, well, this family's just got $15,000 tucked away for a funeral. Mm. With everybody being different, Mm. you could buy a very small whole life policy just for those final expenses, Mm. just for that transition time, for that funeral. I've got one that I'm working on this week where the individual passed away. And the family, they don't have any money for a funeral. Mm-hmm. So all they did was tell the funeral home, I've got a life insurance policy with State Farm. Mm-hmm. The uh, funeral home sent us an assignment. Mm-hmm. It didn't slow down their funeral at all, knowing mm-hmm. that that assignment was available to pay off that funeral. Mm-hmm. So I, they don't have to stick me in a pine box. Is that what you're Correct. saying? <laughs> and they don't have to wait three weeks while there's a collection jar by the cash register oh. to please help this family. Right. while and, and I... 
it breaks my heart to see those, and you see them more often than you would think. Yeah, now you said that this uh, permanent insurance is considerably more expensive. It's, it's going to be more, and it's it's very simple reason. As long as you pay the premium, you're never going to outlive your policy. So, With the term on the other side, there's about a 98% chance you are going to outlive it. So the insurance company knows in most cases, unless I got the return of premium kind of thing, in most cases they're going to pocket my premium with the term. Correct. But with the whole life, they mm-hmm. know. Yeah. As long as I'm paying, they're going to have to fork out whatever. Whatever. 100000 500000 a million dollars. Yeah, and depending on how long the policy's in force, if it's a participating policy, it pays a dividend, and that dividend grows at 4.5% every year. So that face amount is going to increase considerably over time. Yeah. Now, inside these policies... One of the reasons they're a little extra expensive is sometimes there's a cash value bill. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, I'm not a big believer in buying a whole life policy for the cash value. (laughs) Right. But should there be an unexpected situation, Mm -hmm. uh, you can can borrow money against your policy. Mm -hmm. And whenever anybody does that, I just tell them the importance of of we need to pay this back. You know, we need to keep Uh this policy healthy. But in a jam... Right. It is available there to, to take some of the cash value out. Because it is your asset. It is it is your money. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So inside there, let's just make the math easy. Let's say I have a $100,000 policy, and over 20 years of me paying, there's $12,000 worth of cash value in there. Yeah, and, and probably you know considerably more than that with a dividend being paid into it every year if it is a participating policy. And my spouse passes away, and I don't have $10,000 worth of savings to do her funeral, and she didn't have a final expense policy with you. Mm-hmm. And so I come in and I say, Marsha, I need 10000 of that twelve. Yeah, or I need my my dividends that have been accumulating at 4.5%. Mm-hmm. That You can take that out without affecting the face value of the policy at all. All right, so if I take out three or $4,000 worth of dividends and maybe five or 6000 of the cash value, mm-hmm. does that mean my face value goes from 100000 down to ninety five? It's going, any loan that you take against the policy is going to reduce the face amount by the amount of that loan. So that's what you were talking about, me putting the money back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I want that hold hundred thousand to be available. If you took a loan against the policy, a lot of people I've run into this maybe twenty years ago, mm-hmm. long before I was here, they went in and borrowed five thousand dollars on their policy. Okay. And they haven't paid a nickel in interest. And this happens more on the universal life side. Mm-hmm. Don't want to complicate things too much. Mm-hmm. But 20 years later, their loan balance is exceeding their cash value, and that policy is going to suffocate at that point. Ah, all right, so that's so another reason I need to come see you every year. Every year. Mm-hmm. So well, you can explain that to me, and we can fix it if we need to fix it. And it's a lot easier if you address it sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah. Um, so permanent insurance gives me a little more flexibility, but it's going to cost me more. It's going to cost you a little more. And again, as you mentioned, everybody's situation is different. Come in, speak to a professional, have that mm-hmm. conversation. Uh, 
you know, all we can do is present you with options. Yeah. It's 100% up to you at that point what you choose to do. We're up against the end of the show. We really ne- never even got to talk about who to leave this to and who are mm-hmm. uh, the beneficiaries and is it good to leave it to minors and how? what if I have a trust and all of those estate of planning things that we can get to some other time when you come back. Absolutely. And we look forward to you coming back sometime, Penn. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot to have Penn Majors with State Farm here on the Advisors Roundtable. The discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planners, LLC. Ignite Planners LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.